What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to the Bullpen with your host, Les Vogler. With me today uh, via Bluetooth uh, with modern technology, I got Roger Sosa. Roger, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good, Roger. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us, uh, give everybody just a little bit of uh, a background, uh, you know, uh, what company you work with, and uh, then then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I've been uh, my 34th year now with uh, Alpha Genetics. 34 years. Um, great. Yeah, I started, um, you know, just managed a dairy for 10 years, and then I was recruited, and uh, it's been 34 years with Alta now. Uh-huh. So, so you've been with Alta, and you started in the dairy business. Uh, what uh, a little bit personal background, Roger. Where, uh, I mean, uh, how did uh, where'd you where'd you grow up, and how how uh, how did you get involved with Alta? Okay, I grew up in Uruguay, in South America, just a small country right between Argentina and Brazil. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I graduated with a degree in agricultural engineering. But my passion always been the AI industry. Right. So uh, we started, uh, I started breeding cows uh, when I was 14. Really? At the home place. Uh-huh. Now, and, did, did, uh, you, did you learn that on your own or did you have somebody teach or how'd you, how did you figure that uh, out? No, I, I went to uh, AI school. Uh-huh. At 14. At 14, uh, which was done on my my parents place mm-hmm. um and so i i got lucky i guess yeah. and uh ever since then i just kind of been uh that was the only thing i ever wanted to do we did uh cattle and we did uh ai on sheep and then okay. uh through college progress and work uh, even we bees mm-hmm. so uh you, you then said, i went to organ did you i'm sorry i don't want to but did you say with bees yeah, beekeeping. <laughs> I I, th- I took a class in college. It was so interesting. Uh-huh. And then uh, from that developing to AI and bees. Okay. Uh, now, was a I, research I, inti- institute in Norway, and that's how I uh-huh. I went through that. How, can I ask? Is I mean briefly how how does one go about doing that? How do, how do you collect? I mean, well, <laughs> it's very interesting. The uh, you know the male bee. Yeah. Uh, only makes one, you know, one shot at it. So really, the bees, okay. uh, the, the the bees, uh, it's only in the feeding, and the feed the one that will become the queen, which is the only one that lays the eggs. Yeah, and the queen, uh, when she's gonna get fertilized, makes uh, uh, one flight, and it goes really, really high and real fast. So 
that's kind of Mother Nature's way of uh, the strongest males only get to it. Okay, yeah. So, and she gets um, uh, mated to several of them, uh-huh. but the male loses his uh, genitalia in the process. So, the semen, uh, after they get disconnected from the male, it keeps pumping into the, uh, into the queen, and uh, she only does this mating once. In the, in the lifetime. Wow. So, wow. so you see nature is just a way of, you know, the survival of the fittest and yeah. uh, those are the only ones that get to mate. And then, uh, and then on the AI part of it, you do it all with kind of a microscope. Uh, uh, and, you know, you have a little uh, uh, equipment to handle it and, and you strike, you know, from, uh, from the males the same way. Yeah. And, and, and you wow. just implant it, you know, wow. and then, um, Anyways, so I, it was so interesting to me yeah. uh, that uh, I just continued to die. And actually, um, we had beehives at home, and uh, that was my uh, mud money from college to college. We used to export honey to Germany. Really? So Wow. Yeah, just a little bit of background. <laughs> then uh, in 77, I came to, uh, I did my master's in reproductive physiology at Oregon State, and uh you know, right out of college, I went to, uh, I wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah, but okay. I found out the cowboy, and it was a myth, a lot of hard work and so much pay. <laughs> so I decided to be more of a, you know, what I was trained for and went back and yeah. I got a job in a dairy. Yeah. Uh, managing a dairy. So uh, a very large company here in California that... Uh, it, it was great to work for and, and uh, got to work with the University of Davis a lot uh, in all the repro aspects and and gaff rearing and so forth. So uh-huh. it was a great experience right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so you... then I got recruited and uh, I started, uh, you know, be the predecessor of Alta Genetics, which was Lumber Genetics, which came from Carnation Genetics. Okay, okay. So... Yeah. So that was back in the uh, late seventies. Yep, and when you started that, yeah. So you've been yeah. uh, you've been with Alta since basically their origin, then, haven't you? Oh yes, yeah. so at the very beginning. Well, there was a series of mergers, and uh, you know, Lamar right. Genetics um, merged with Western Breeders from Canada. Okay, yeah, and uh, and 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 then it became Alta. So. So since the merger, which was in 1995. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, that, and, and now, I mean, Alta is part of, uh, is it Eurus or Peak? I get the two switched Eurus. around. We part, Eurus is, is the uh, mother company. Okay. Which was, has an array of different companies in their umbrella. It includes GenX, Alta, Saskatoon Colossum Company, Oxsource, uh, Baliac, which is, those are software companies, um, and um, the ownership of, you know, Euros is uh, a Dutch family, and then yes. that's very, very involved, and, and they really like the um, the act part of it. They own mm-hmm. several dairies, yeah. um, so um, we're pretty fortunate that uh, uh, the Pond family, uh, which is probably about eighty different companies, is very wow. vested in the agriculture part of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so with with Alta, Roger, what is uh, what is your title? Well, I'm the uh, senior director of uh, international marketing and beef programs. Okay. So I oversee 
our beef programs globally. Okay. So, so, the, so we the, have the facilities. Beef, the beef part of it, correct? Is that what you said? Yeah, the beef part yeah, of it. Okay. I do a little bit wholesale because I've been with the company so long. They let me keep uh, Spain. Uh-huh. So we do the Holstein part of it yeah. in, uh, in a wholesale uh, situation. So uh, I really like working with these people. I, well, I've been working with them since we started. So Right. So um, anyways, and then I, I oversee our, our subsidiary company in Brazil, mm-hmm. which uh, it has 105 offices throughout the country and over 1,200 uh, employees. Okay. Uh, and then we have uh, AI facilities in Canada, in US, in Brazil, in Argentina, in China. Uh, so it's we're very diverse in that sense. Right. Yeah. Now, when you say AI facilities, are these like uh, basically AI centers where we collect, where we have both Holsters. full housing yep. and okay. we do gotcha. the whole thing? Yeah. Um, we also have a. Uh, an embryo company in Brazil, mm-hmm. so we're we doing you know just like Transova, and, right? Yeah, you know, and then so um, so that's a, our one of our fastest growing entity there in Brazil. Of course, Brazil has the potential as they have uh, eighty-two million breeding age females yeah. on the beef side and around ten million on the dairy side. So really, eighty-two million beef females in Brazil and ten million dairy. Interest. Yeah, the whole herd in Brazil is over one hundred seventy million. Wow. Okay. And what so, uh, what breed? I mean, would you say? Uh, mainly uh, the the cebus. In the lower okay. are are in the lower influences, probably about eighty percent of the cattle. So you know, the warmer climate, tropical. Uh, they have. Mainly in the northern part of the country, it's all rainy or dry seasons. Yeah. Uh, so the tropical grasses grow very mm-hmm. quickly. So, and you know that seems like the bus indicas uh, are set up for that kind of climate. Right. Yeah. They fit. They fit right. In. I think actually, I think I don't. I was just out at NBS. I think there's two or three of them out there right now. That were, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of. A lot think. of the tropics are embracing that. You know, we <clears throat> we have uh, on the dairy side. You know, many of the the uh, you know deer and Girolando uh, breeds there. Yeah. You know, we use from Mexico down to Central America and stuff, and mainly because they're heat resistant and uh, they can survive. Uh, you know, with little nutrition and right. still milk, and yep. so their persistence is not there. So they don't milk as long if you got the feed, but. Uh, they can, they can, you know, having the feet available, they can milk as much as the whole thing. So. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, so being with Alt, I mean, what and, and basically the beef side of it. Uh, obviously, you probably go, you go to a lot of sales and see a lot of things, and you've seen a lot of things evolve over the over the past few years. What I mean, what is kind of some of the something that really sticks out that is really starting to that has really changed in the beef industry? Is there anything that comes to top of your mind? Well, it seems like a long time ago in the 80s, uh, uh, the cattle followed the show ring a little bit more than right. what happened okay. now. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, from there, we evolved mainly and, you know, focus on beef quality and beef production and, and data. Uh-huh. Um, so that, to me, was the main thing. I, you know, I still have my own herd. and Okay. 
my younger days, I used to love to show and just, and so, but I think the, you know, how it evolved from having the hot tire coming out of the show ring to having the hot tire now coming, you know, back by data. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is through genomic testing, isn't it? Is what you're looking at? Yeah, we, we do. We do pay attention to a lot of the genomic testing. I think, you know, beef breeds are still way behind. Um, the Holstein industry had, you know, moved to mainly genomics where you, the data is fairly accurate. And I think that that's what, uh, that's what we need to strive to get. And, and some of the beef breeds, mm-hmm. you know, it's just to move. So our data is very accurate. Uh, you can pick any dairy Holstein or Jersey catalog and, and you look at their information and it's going to be very accurate, yeah. you know? So, um, we're not there yet. Um, no. I think that not having people embracing the technology makes it tough. Right. Because exactly. uh, yep. a lot of breeders don't turn data in. Mm-hmm. A lot of us just sample a few heads, uh, and that makes it difficult. That yeah. that doesn't make it accurate. Right. Exactly. Uh, some of the yeah. Some some of that information is only as accurate as. Yeah. yeah, junk in is junk out when people start reporting things, I guess. So. Yeah, and you can, you know, it doesn't skew very well. If if you're going to just test your best ones while you're making your best ones against your best ones, that doesn't really give you a and range. Just, no, no, exactly. So, uh, and, and for us, what we need to see is the range so the animals can be placed. And, you know, the genomics is sort of a comparison. Uh-huh. You know, you just, you know, mapping the genome and, and it's done by comparison. So... The more information that you have, the more accurate it will be. So I also remember when first EPDs first come out, uh, a lot of people didn't embrace that either. So there was a lot of resistance and, you know, people that were into the showing and stuff that just, you know, never really embraced it. And so, um, but. I mean, we need all kinds. I, I, you know, I still like to go to a show and look at the cattle. Right, and, yeah, uh, and, 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 you know, different um, different cattle for different parts of the country and different parts of the world. They all- so it takes everyone to make our industry work. Uh, but I believe that the genomics and the data uh, will prevail eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, now we see this with um, uh, the, the beef on dairy. Right, yep. Yep. You know, beef and dairy have evolved, whereas now most dairy must just look at the data. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's their criteria. That's how they pick bulls, and that's how it's going to go. And that, that's a big part of our market now. Right. Yeah, know? yeah. the beef on dairy. So let's get, let's get into just a little bit. Let's, just, let's explain, because really, you know, a lot of people come up to me, and, and uh, some of the beef guys kind of get bent out of shape, but you know they think they're putting more. We're not putting more cattle in the market with the beef on dairy. Just, uh, just basically better, better cattle. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole thing. I think people believe that uh, it's displacing them beef, and I I just don't see it that way. No. There might there might be a little bit of increase, but if you look at it, there's nine nine million dairy cows. Okay, yeah. So. So that's, uh, you know, less than a third of what the beef herd is. Right. Uh, the males always were there. Yeah. And from my experience, what they got popular at times was because 
Holsteins were one breed, and the pilots learned how to feed them. And so they had the whole process of how, and in essence, a lot of our beef way back then was just mainly Holsteins, you know. They just, you know, raised them as deer. Well, then the push for better quality came to beef on dairy, and it came from sex semen. Mm -hmm. So in reality, the dairies, big replacement from the top of the herd, you know, use sex semen yep. and breeding to produce females, and then they breed everything else to beef. Yeah. Uh, and the heifers and the uh, males uh, uh, go to, you know, getting fat and go to slaughter. Right, so yeah. you really only increase just a little bit on the female side of things. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, I don't think it's significant enough to change. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's kind of the same thing I tell some of the people, too, that, that – kind of get crossways with you if you know you're saying beef on dairy but some of these guys uh some of these guys selling bulls i don't i think they need to sit back and realize it's probably increased some of the bull sales their averages for uh some of the companies like yours and other ones that are buying these bulls for beef on dairy for sure for sure yeah the dairy you know the dairies are now a lot of parts of the country they won't even pick up a hosting calf yeah i think that uh right you know, and some other places, uh, you know, most yeah. of them will pay you a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars for a day old calf. Yeah, yep, exactly. Which, you know, you don't have a lot of money in those, so it's <laughs> no. a major cash flow for the dairy. Yeah, so, uh, that's right. And uh, you know, I think people will uh, develop ways to feed them better, and and yeah. you know, you add in the quality and stuff, and. And it goes to several breeds, you know. It's, right. Uh, some part of the countries will use Charolais, some mm-hmm. use Sim Angus, and the majority, you know, a big percentage uses, uses Angus. Right, you know? exactly. So, you know, when it comes to beef on dairy, I think those will be your three main. Right, um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what we've noticed going through the studs. Uh, yeah, is, the, is probably number one Angus, uh, maybe, some, maybe some limousines, uh, uh, limb flex bulls or whatever, then uh, some charlotte yeah. and some 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 Angus bulls, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yes, for sure. Yeah. So, are you? I mean, when it when getting back like to the beef side, are you like going to the? Do you actually go out to the bull sales yourself and and help pick out the bulls that Alta and and Genix are looking for? Or, or? I I do a, I do a, a big part of it. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, we have to re, you know with so many sales happen in the same days and same right. weeks and yeah. stuff for us. But, uh, you know, I, uh, about four years ago, Don Trimmer, uh, joined the, uh, team and, yeah. um, we, uh, we kind of split, uh, sometimes and go different directions. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, we tried to make as many sales as possible, but right. you know, sometimes, yeah. Well, uh, sometimes, yeah, there's so many, I mean, the sales are back to back. I mean, you get, especially here in Nebraska, there's an Angus sale. I mean, if you probably started in January, you could probably go to one almost every day or for sure yeah. all weekend yeah. long. So, and I know it's getting, I mean, there's, there's some other ones coming up this, we're here towards, towards the end of March. Now there's some big ones coming up this weekend and stuff. And I was just at some, last weekend but yeah here in nebraska the angus sales are just yeah they're just and really good bulls being sold but there's one after another around here yeah so. um i i uh you know i kind of think that uh technology because with the internet and videos yeah and stuff, you can be uh, uh 
three different cells in the same day. So uh, that's and that's, that really facilitated things. And we tried to get make a round before cells. Mm-hmm. So you know, see what's available and and also give us a chance to look at sire groups, big sire groups and see how different bulls work. And, uh, you know, that's a great opportunity. Um, uh, it's like, uh, there's a big resistance to studs in social media. And I, I, uh, I always, uh, you know, kind of opinion that, you know, AI companies do not, make trends we we didn't we just facilitate what people right. want yeah absolutely and that's that's the main thing is like you know i'm if somebody has my opinion i'll give it but otherwise you know i just try to facilitate try to find the best bulls possible with families and everything else and by being able to see how certain bloodlines work and the stuff and um, just facilitating the best genetic possible that's you know, well, yeah, not, that's, not, yep, exactly. That's your job. And you've been doing it a long time. So. Yeah. And the other thing that always has, sometimes it really, um, it's like, uh, you know, I bring my own cows and when I make a mistake, I, you know, I don't have all the answers for matings and sometimes the best mating you think possible. Sometimes it just <laughs> doesn't work. It's give you an average calf, Yeah, but I'm not going to blame the bull. Right. Like, you know, I own the cows. Yep. I selected the bull, I made it, and it, it just didn't work out the way I wanted to. Well, I own it. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. uh, half of the genes come from the cow side. Right, yeah, exactly. That's exactly so right. uh, um, I think that that's something that once people understand this mm-hmm. and and understands it, it's a lot of time and effort put into it to make sure that, you know, that, that – genomics and and the genetics and all the stuff that goes into it is uh thoroughly analyzed to uh you know pick bulls mm-hmm. yeah there's so, yeah and you guys you guys have a i mean a, quite a large team that goes around and and evaluates these and and you have a yeah. lot of data behind the bulls don't you that you that you have yes yes we do yes we do we uh you know actually i i have a team in brazil mm-hmm there's mainly interns, and uh, that's the main thing. With my guidance, they look at every every possible bull that's going to be up for sale, from sorting catalogs to sorting on the Angus yeah. um, site, and to the point that sometimes they shut us off because they think we're trying to uh, harvest data, and all we do and it's just <laughs> looking at the data. It's already right. available. Yeah. Yep. So, but when you have four or five people in the same, uh, you know, address uh, looking at stuff, I yeah. think Angus gets a little bit uh, <laughs> concerned that we, <laughs> and, and we're not, we're just looking at what the data is available right. and doing sports and stuff. So, but you know, if you look at any time you look at the Angus page, you're going to have thousands of bulls. Oh, yeah. It's very difficult for one person to oh, go through and sort, sort it out. Almost impossible, so, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there's a, you know, big team of research behind it to uh, most of the decisions we make. Awesome. And then kind of another thing I, I, I that uh, also you do, uh, you kind of follow some of these bulls that you're selling steam and honor moving is the uh, fertility yes. rates on these bulls. Well, that's the, that's the number one thing. Yep. I mean, for an AI company and for a producer, mm-hmm. if you don't get the cow pregnant, you don't get anything. Right. I mean, that's the bottom line. You can have the greatest bull ever, but if you don't settle cow, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
So we we do two fertility evaluations. We use because the uh, sync protocols and maybe the environment is a little different. So all the bulls that come to the program, we run through the dairy first. So yeah. you know we'll we'll put it anywhere from five hundred to a thousand units, uh, and and trying to you know figure out which ones are going to be above okay. average for yeah. fertility. Okay. And uh, we do the same in Brazil, in Argentina. We uh, collect all the data and, um, you know, screw there. try to find the fertile bulls and we have a ranking and then uh, anything that is average or below, we just uh, do not um, market. Right, exactly. So that's that's something I didn't know. So when you first get that semen, you're you're testing it on, on, on the dairy side of it before you start and marketing that, that semen? To the beef producers? Yes, because it, the you know the uh, most dairies where we do you know the large dairies, right? Uh, they run commercially mm-hmm. and uh, they have the data available right away. Yeah. So you can oh, yeah. you can see on the monthly basis, right? You can extract the data uh, on services, you know, mm-hmm. and conception rates. Huh. So that gives us a first indication, um, and from there we get a lot of data, you know, depending yep. on bull stage and so forth and so on. But uh, the main thing is that we, we want the, uh, you know, we want the bulls to stick. And that's, right. That's exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, that's, so fertility so that... will be paramount to anything else. Um, yeah. We do believe that if you don't get a cow pregnant, you don't have anything. Right. And then uh, then you you have, you know, different areas uh, focus on different things. Mm-hmm. What happens in the West not necessarily happens in the East. Right. Um, so, uh, it's a very comprehensive process that mm-hmm. I think sometimes people, uh, uh, don't see that part of the business. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, th- so that's really an advantage that, uh, that the Alta and the Gen X, uh, people buying semen from you guys have, if they look at some of those bulls, they've been, uh, they've been tested already a little, and you have a, for, some fertility data on them. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's for sure. That's huge. So, well, Here's the thing, you know, you buy a tractor every 15 years, mm-hmm. but semen, you're there every year. So it's not like, you know, you go and, and so the last thing you want is to come to a ranch where a bull didn't do good. Right. You know, breeding cows. Yeah. So that's for us, it's pretty much paramount to, uh, you know, to have, um, uh, having a good product, you know, and, and a product where we put our name on it as uh so it's um you know that's that's the yeah, whole it's thing part of it yeah it's, yeah it's putting because your name yeah when you sell that stuff that tank shows up says alta on it or gen x and uh mm-hmm. yeah it's got uh your set your codes on there and that's that's yeah when it follows you around that's very important that's a good quality product that's awesome yeah so yeah what, it's not like you uh do it one time and you forget about it it's like you live in it every day right exactly exactly so what uh i mean you're obviously kind of a man of the world where do you see the beef industry going in the future roger well i i think that uh a lot of countries are just starting to uh discover beef yeah you know uh especially the asian market um some of them just even learning how to cook beef right so there's still a whole you know you have asia and it's and eventually you will have Africa and, and um, uh, it's, 
you know, social protein, uh-huh. um, it's compared to none. So right. I think that, uh, the future is bright when it comes to the, uh, the beef industry. Right. Exactly. And we go through the cycles. I mean, the cycles oh, yeah. have been going on yep. forever, but it seems like the cycles are a lot shorter cycles now. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Yeah. It, yep. Yep. Uh, it used to be like, you know, we used to have six to seven bad years and the two good ones. Yeah. And <laughs> it seems like it's a lot more balanced, maybe two and two or two and three or right. somewhere there where the cycle changes. Yeah, I think, well, I speak it from our industry, the bullshit industry. It seems like these last, I mean, as far as the, you know, the collection part, it seems like we continue to grow and stuff. Uh, even, uh, even if the markets maybe aren't, you know, the fat kettle market isn't what you think it should be or whatever. Uh, but it's like, some of the breeders in the beef are just getting more progressive and are starting to starting to kind of figure things out a little bit, in my opinion. So yeah, I I think so. And I, I mean, I think that we also look have to look at it in a broader way because our competitors are another you know, and not each breed. Our competitors is chicken and pork. Yeah, for and for and uh, I had her only once. Somebody's having a bad piece of chicken, but. For the most part, you don't go eat until I had a bad piece of chicken. Yeah. But you hear it enough and say, man, that meat was tough. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's right. Uh, our biggest difference, I think that, you know, if you look at it worldwide, we got probably over 50 breeds. If you look at just here in North America, there's probably six or seven main breeds. Right. And, yeah. and cross breeding and so forth. So mm-hmm. it is difficult to have consistency. Yeah. That's our that's our biggest challenge, and, and carcass quality uh, oh. for every producer should be paramount. That's right. Problem should, is, should a lot of producers one. don't get paid for it. No, that's that's yeah, that's a whole other yeah. That is that is that's an issue right so, now. So, you know, if you're gonna put a lot of emphasis on carcass, but you're not gonna get anything, well, then you maybe uh, giving up some performance and right. giving up some uh, you know weight of the scales, and so it's. It's a little bit of a balance, but I think as a whole, mm-hmm. um, all producers should pay attention to uh, the quality of beef because right. yep. at the end of the day, it's, it's what the it's product all about. We yeah. Produce. yeah, yeah. If, yep. if if the if the if the if the mom or, or wife whatever goes and buys it and takes the meat home and it's not good, you know, they're probably not. You know, it's it's yeah. hard enough to get them to go getting it to start with, so that's going to be even I think yeah even more challenge in the future. But uh, like you say, beef is the best protein source in my opinion. I mean, yep, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm a little biased. I'm more of a yeah. meat and potato, yeah, I'm really big on salads <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly me too. So Roger, I mean, this is let's get. I mean. Uh, We'll get uh, kind of like a little some personal stuff. Where I mean, where are you located? Are you on where are you at? Uh, East Coast, West Coast, Middle of the I'm, United States? I'm in or? California. You're in California. I'm in the Central Valley in California. Uh-huh. So, how is uh, uh, how, you sound uh, pretty conservative to, to me? How does it live in California? How do you do that? Well, a lot of people look at California and think uh, San Francisco and L.A. Yeah. Uh, those big metropolitan areas, which is uh, a little, you know, not a little, but 
big liberal part of the country. Yeah. And then you have the, the valley in the middle, mm-hmm. which is pretty much ag and yeah. a lot of conservatives. So, yeah. um, it, 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 I think I have a friend out there that grows tomatoes. He's got the, like the largest greenhouse in the United States under for, for greenhouses on, you know, in one area, he's right there in Brentwood, California. So, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm I only about 45 minutes, uh, kind of southeast of that. Really? So. Okay, I know there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. So, so I've noticed you're yeah. uh, you're a football fan. Am I correct? I am a 49er. Been a season holder since the 80s. Uh-huh. Uh You know, funny enough, because when I first came to U.S., uh, I had a black and white TV. You okay. can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> and it only had three channels. And it <laughs> yeah. seemed like the weekend, all there was was football. <laughs> and I would look at this, but I didn't know the rules. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the only thing. So after six months of that, I got me a book and I learned the rules <laughs> to make it a little interesting, you know. Once you know once you know the rules of what they do and it's became fun. So, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I know. So do you follow any college teams then? Uh well, you know, I, I got I got kind of my my brother lived in uh, in Ohio. Uh-oh. He married a girl Uh-oh. from uh from you're gonna Ohio. Say, you're going to say Ohio State, aren't you? Yes, sir. Oh, I, I, oh, for Christmas and everything, all you know, these kids went to Ohio State, and so anyway, okay. yes, I'm a Buckeye fan. Yeah, well, okay, we we may. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I yeah, know, I know. Yeah, we, we, you know, I and see, to... and I've, I'm a Chiefs fan, and obviously a Husker fan here, so yeah, uh, I hear you. We may, we may you. have to have some friendly bets on this. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You'll probably be when it comes to the Huskers, you may be winning a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. I got lucky, you know, I had gone to some championship games and yep. whenever I go visit, uh, you know, we stay in touch and, uh, you know, I just was kind of, kind of landed into that by, uh, you know, my nieces went to, uh, uh, Ohio state and, uh, my, uh, my sister-in-law. Great. And so it seemed like a family thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great thing. I think, I think probably Nebraska and Ohio state when this whole, you know, they've kind of bonded I maybe through the whole covid thing when they tried to shut down football for a while i think those two schools kind of stepped up in the big 10 yeah and, uh, that's for sure kind of, they kind of held hands and uh fought some of the fought some of the, so we have a good uh health relationship with ohio state that's that's great so uh, yeah, yeah for but sure. yeah uh well at least you're not a seattle fan that's okay no heavens no heavens no <laughs> we would have been at odds with that one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. But no, I'm not not a Seattle fan. No, no, just just the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Royals, and the Huskers. So, and that's funny because uh, I remember I I went to San Francisco when the Chiefs, I'm mean, not when the Royals played the the Giants uh, in baseball. My my friend there in California took me to the World Series. That was a lot of fun. A lot cool, of fun. cool, cool, so, cool. Yeah. Okay, Roger. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and and joining us in the bullpen and giving some of uh, your your uh, experiences and your your observations and stuff uh if anybody i mean um where can people is there alta have a website uh where can people find your catalog or see some of the bulls yep. that you guys offer altabeef.com altabeef.com that's easy enough all right roger yep. hey safe travels yeah, well, thank, thanks for having me i, uh, I really you, enjoyed it you bet yep yep we'll, we'll see you down the road roger thanks so much all right thank you, you Liz. Yep, bye-bye a Huda Media Production.